Today, I want to continue where I stopped last week. I was talking about the spirit of truth. I was led by the spirit of God last week to help us understand the difference between the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal Christian. It was a fantastic message. You should avail yourself to that. I won't be able to touch on that today because of our time. Amen. So our key scripture for this um, teaching series is, um, one second please, I just want to check if everything is okay, we're still setting up, fantastic. So our key, te- our key scriptures for this teaching comes from John chapter 14, 15 to 17, and John chapter 16, 12 to 15. So last week we were looking at John chapter 15, 14, 15 to 17, and where we talk about the, so the, womb, uh, the spirit of truth that the word cannot receive or who the word cannot receive. As you can see me smiling, oh yeah, you can, you can hear some smile in the tone of my voice. If you're listening by audio, uh, you can tell that there was an, I'm kind of excited about what I talked about last week. So please avail yourself to that message. So today we're looking at John chapter 16, verse 12 to 15. Um, just pray with me that we not, we will not, I will not have to cover this in 10 weeks. I'm joking, right? Yeah. So because we get to really, really understand this. Now, the Bible tells us the whole world lies in wickedness. And when we talk about wickedness, we're talking about the falling nature of man and the operation of the devil in the world we live in today. Amen. And uh, the, the most powerful weapon in the hand of the enemy is deception. Is lies. Jesus called him the father of lies in the book of John chapter 8 verse 44. So the devil is all out there to deceive. Now, the Bible tells us that the, that the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That kind of tells us that the devil cannot devour everyone, cannot destroy everyone. So the Bible says we should be watchful, we should be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, seeking whom he can destroy or he may destroy. So that tells us, I repeat that, he, the devil cannot destroy everyone. If he could destroy everyone, everyone would be destroyed. Right? The devil does not have favorites. He's all out there to steal, to kill and to destroy. So if the devil cannot destroy everyone, so what is the mechanism behind it? So how come some people are being destroyed and some people are not being destroyed? What I will tell you, you know, which is a bit of explanation of that scripture is this. Now, the devil is going all around to suggest lies to use. S- suggestions, you know, questioning the word of God in your mind questioning the truth you know about your authority, your rights and privileges in Christ. And if you can get to doubt what God says about you, then it can trick you into destruction. Now God is with you. God is with, is with a believer. God is with, God is with each and every one of us. But the enemy knows that the wages that sin, you know, pays us is, is death. Sin has nothing good in it. So because understanding the destructive nature of sin, especially when you and I work against nature, so the enemy would want to manipulate you, would want to suggest things to you to violate the principle of God so that you can, it can lure you into his territory and it can have a go at you. Now, on this, for this reason, is it 
excuse me, for this concept, right, based on this concept is the reason why the enemy cannot destroy anyone. So I'm putting it to you out there that if the enemy cannot get you to doubt your rights and privileges in Christ, if the enemy cannot get to make you doubt God or question God about his word, it cannot devour you. Amen. So bear in mind, the enemy is all out there to suggest. Now listen, remember what he said to Eve. He asked the woman, he said, did God really say? <laughs> did God say? And then you start thinking, did. Now, now let me speak to kids. You know, when you have some refers come around you in school, the children from, I want to be cautious how I say this because some kids that are destructive weapons in the hand of the devil that go around good kids in school are not necessarily from bad homes. Sometimes, because of the negligence of the parent, these kids are exposed to negative content, negative influence, which then empowers them to be used as a weapon of destruction against other kids in school. I don't know where the Holy Spirit is going at this point, but I'm just going to go with him. Right? I still have my notes. I have things I want to share with you guys, but let me flow with the Holy Spirit. Let me do his job. Then I carry on with what I want to share with you guys this morning. Now, parents, sometimes your kids in school, your kids look saints. They appear saints. They are very obedient at home, but that does not mean they are obedient outside of home. You know, it, it bothers me sometimes when a another parent or maybe a pastor or someone who in love walk up to a parent and try to help them to see something their child is not doing correctly. Now, I'm not talking about when they come and point finger at your face and try to accuse you. I'm talking about uh, when people come to speak to you in love or by discernment. It's interesting how parents become so defensive and maybe they think the person is trying to say they are not parenting well or they are a failure. But listen carefully to what they say. I'm going to be a bit um, discriminatory here, so I'm preparing your mind. You know, I don't really have filters when it comes to speaking the truth, and I never pray to have that. But I'll say it's very common with black parents. Especially, I don't want to say Nigerian, because sometimes Nigerian overdo it. They say, you know what, um, a, a, a child is raised in a community, and you allow all manner of people to pour nonsense into your child. I get me. And even in UK here, so that tells you that I'm kind of well versed in this area. So I'm gonna touch on I'm gonna touch on certain things before you start questioning me. And um even the same here in the United Kingdom, sometimes the government, through some evil teachers, will project an identity on your child that he's not good, he's destructive, is this, is that. They put an image on him, and then you as a parent, you take it on and um you begin to address your child that way and your child begins to act out that way that's not what i'm talking about but if somebody comes to you by the by the, by the leading of the spirit and say you may want to pay attention to something that your child is up to they are not calling your child a name a negative name but they're just saying you need to be cautious you should listen you should investigate amen so that's a word for uh, for parents there. So let me do the one for the kids. The, I mean, the illustration I wanted to give to the kids. Now, so to the kids, you know, when some kids come around you in school, right, and this and you know, bad kids. Permitting to use the word bad kids, some parents will have have issues with have issues with this because I call some kids bad, but some kids are very bad, right? 
As a pastor, I've spoken to people, I've seen things. So I'm saying that those kids are bad based on their action. Now, I'm not saying they are bad based on their identity, but based on their actions, what they are doing is bad. Right? Just to you know, allow me to use some words and not use all my mouth to express things. So they are good kids and they are bad kids. Fine. So because in the kingdom of darkness, we have good. In the kingdom of, in the world, we have good and bad. Right? Satan is bad. Everything that, everything that symbolizes Satan is bad. So now I'm, I'm struggling. Why, why do I have to really go all the way to explain myself so that before people get the gist? Uh, that's because the media and the news and even in, in Christian circles, people are beginning to manipulate our mind. We, can't, we are not very, very free to be able to call what is wrong, wrong, and what is right, right. You know, we have so much political, what do you call it? Political correctness. I don't do political correctness. I do biblical correctness. So kids, listen to me carefully now. So when somebody comes to you in school on that kid and say, you know what, did your parents say, actually say you should not do this? Do you know that? That's not really what they are saying. Do you know that you don't need to go all the way? You can just take one or two steps into it. And they start suggesting all manner of evil things to you. Do you know what's happening there? The devil, through that child, is luring you into a space where it can kill you. It can take you out. When they watch some things they should not watch on Netflix, and they say to you, uh, I saw this cool movie on Netflix. Do you want to have a look? Do you want to, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, I'm like um, is it what age is it, what age rating is the movie? They say, ah, it's 18, but my sisters allow me to watch it. My brother allow me to watch it. My, mom, my parents watch it. My, we watch it in our family. Now, as long as you know as a child of God that anything 15 rated, even some 12 rated, you are not you should not watch, not because your parents want to restrict you, but because they are trying to protect the sanity of your mind. So as long as you know that you should not watch such things, so don't allow them to talk you into it. That's where I'm going. Don't allow, all that bad, don't allow bad kids and all that kind of kids talk you into doing what you ought not to do. Because following the cool advice, the cool um, suggestion, you know, it's, it's, it, it sounds cool. Rebellion, you know, I, uh, you know, it will lure you into destruction. I was, um, I came across a video of a stabbing in Croydon not too long ago, and um, I said to myself because I saw girls and boys, you know, they were they were mistreating. Maybe a passersby, I can't remember. I I didn't have all the details, and I said to myself. If this passersby they are harassing should meet one of them in a closed environment, they cannot mistreat that woman. They cannot look her in the face. But because they are in a, they are in a gang, right, and they feed their identity and confidence on the fact that they have other stupid people like them around them, then they do stupid stuff. What you should bear in mind is this. Such kids may seem like they get away with it because they have a gang and a, and, a, and a gang of idiots around them. But what I will tell you is this. For, the, for each and individual um, child in those gangs, they can never escape the consequence of that action in their individual life. So I'm trying to help some kids here not to think in a group but to think about your life. Say, for instance, a rival gang come in there and start shooting. 
and the bullet, and God forbid the bullet hits, you know, one of the people, you know, people in the gang. Now, that particular person is dead. See, I think death is almost too far. You know, if a fight break out and one of them is amputated, right? Maybe the one, one leg is cut off. They have to amputate the one leg and one limb. At that point in time, that person is useless to other people. The rest will carry on with their life. And that person, the, the, the victim, you know, will suffer the consequences for the rest of their life. So stop this group thinking and don't allow people to come and talk into something you should not do. I'm still on course. I'm saying that what the devil does to us is to come and deceive, suggest something to us because he wants to take us out of the boundaries of the protection of God into his own boundary, into his own territory so that it can destroy. So the best offer the devil gives to people is deception, is lies. So because the devil cannot destroy everyone, so he has to lie to you. He has to tell you, give you a kind of benefit or an advantage that is not feasible so that when, you, when he can sell it to you successfully and you bite the bit, he can destroy you. Amen. So let's carry on now from, uh, I think I've done a uh, job trying to explain and as I, <laughs> the message in my heart about the Spirit of God. You know, hopefully I did a good job there to, explain, to communicate it. Right, so kids, be very careful. Um, when another child comes to you and try to tell you to do something you ought not to do, there's, um, that, that's, um, if you follow through, that mistake can, can take 10, 20, 30 years out of your life. Yes. So uh, they may tell you it's a one-off. Just do it unless... Just once, only one once. I've known people who have done something just once and it has just, it just messed up their entire life. Right. So just once, just once, they say just once. But if you want to ask them, they may have done it just once, but if it's just once, why are they still doing it? Because they must have been doing it for so long and that's why they're trying to get you to come into it. So if you are thinking correctly and look at them, if they didn't stop the first time they were introduced to do that stupid thing, so what makes you think you will stop or they want you to stop at just once? The devil is out there to destroy you, right? And um, the devil will not appear to you in form of, in form of um, a clown, a ghost or something, you know, with horns, big pitchfork. He's going to speak to you through people. So that's also to help adults. Now, when we talk about deception and lies, right, I think many people would think it's, what, it's, it's only what the devil says to them, the best of the best suggestions the enemy speaks to their mind. But the devil will use people, will influence the mind of people to speak to you to do what you ought not to do. And if you follow the advice of a wrong person, no, no, if you follow the wrong advice, right, it can take you out. So I've kind of showed us two sources of lies. So there's, there's one, the enemy speaks to your mind himself, Right, and there's so that I can draw you into his territory and mess you up. And there's the one that is going to speak true people. And I'll say many of what you will hear is true people, either in the movies you watch, true people you know, authority, authority figures in your life, even, even pastors, your friends, many Christians. You know, I've heard of um, Christian circles whereby single ladies have been advi advised by the pastor's wife to do things that are stuck on godliness in terms of sex matters. 
And that's why I want to, re- I want to remind people again, I think this came up during the week and I had to address it. I said, the fact that somebody called themselves a pastor does not mean they are a pastor. Anybody today can hire a venue or hire a facility and um, put sound speakers and all kind of stuff in place. And they say, and they, they put a name to the, to the organization and they call it a church. Anybody can stand up tomorrow and call themselves a pastor. And that's why I don't like this nonsense I hear most of the time when people, when a, a, a man of God in court is caught doing things that are stuck on godliness. And people go out, go out and start and say things like, is a pastor. A pastor did this. A pastor did that. Who told you he's a pastor? Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. So if you see a pastor who would do some, who constantly and continuously exploiting, manipulating, using, abusing people, the believer should not call such a person a pastor. The believer should say, this one is not a pastor, though he calls himself a pastor. And the believer should not go out peddling with other unbelievers saying that pastors are this, pastors are that. Right. But because some of them I know, a lot of people in the world respect them as pastors. So I call them out. I say, even so, that's why I, I sometimes I mention, I say, even some pastors, because majority see those people as pastors, but they are not assessing such people on the basis, uh, um, they are not assessing, assessing such people based on the assessment criteria of Jesus, say, by their fruits, by the consistency of their action with the word of God, by the consistency of their character with the word of God. You shall know them. Amen. Amen. So that's why I do mention and some pastors. So as I'm saying, anyone can be used by the enemy to suggest lies and deception to you. And we need to be aware of that. Amen. Amen. So that gives us um, the responsibility to know the word of God for ourselves, to know the truth for ourselves. Amen. Let's carry on. Now, so uh, John chapter 16, verse 12 to 15. Paul saying here, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Excuse me. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak not, for he will not speak on his own authority. This is a New King James Version. I wonder where I'm reading from. For he will not speak of his, on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of what is he will take of of mine and declare it to you. So I will start from verse twelve. And we exploit as we go on this journey. I'm committing and signing up myself to helping you to understand the word of God. To understand the word of God. I don't want to raise a people who can quote scriptures but do not understand what that word means and cannot apply to their lives. We have a bunch of Christians, not even a bunch, we have, we have thousands of Christians who can quote the scriptures. But when you look at their conduct, their lifestyle, and the word they are preaching, they don't marry, they don't tie, there's no correlation. Amen. So, the messages that I would normally teach maybe two weeks, maybe now, I'm going to be doing six weeks, right? And um, I, I, you know that I'm going to try to make it uh, fun as much as I can. 
uh, but I'm looking to establish people in righteousness, established, rooted. Amen. So let's start with verse 12. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So when we say the spirit of truth, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? What is the spirit of truth? Spirit, truth. Spirit of truth. What does that mean? It means the one who reveals truths of God to believers. He reveals truths of God to believers. Truths of God to believers. Amen. That kind of things I get my wife to smile. So <laughs> it reveals the truths of God to believers. Before I take it further, I want you to understand that there, there's a difference between general truth and spiritual truths. Right? General truths are truths that you know anyone can easily are the ones that are fact-based. You have the data, you have the fact, the correct facts, the correct data. And um, anyone can kind of understand it. So I'll give you an example. Now, if you don't go to work, right, you're not going to get paid. That's the truth. If you drive with your eyes closed, you're likely to have an accident. That's the truth. If you try to defy the force of gravity by jumping from a three-story building, a four-story building, without a parachute or any kind of aid, to the ground floor, you're likely to break your leg. Those are general truths. They're general truth that guides our conduct in our everyday living. Right? And anyone can get that. Now, why do I need to call this out? I'm calling this out because I've realized that many Christians today are not growing spiritually because what they go to church for are general truths. So the pastor comes in, or the teacher or the preacher comes in and tell you things about money, so many of the things about money that you have been some church specialized in are things you can learn outside. You can buy courses. You can find mentors outside. The Bible calls the church in the book of First Timothy that it calls the church the, 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 the ground and the pillar for truth. Right? So the church is where we are supposed to disperse the truth, the spiritual truth about our identity in Christ Jesus. Everything that Christ has done for us in Christ Jesus. The church is a place to help people to be educated, trained, to know more about Christ. You know, to be, to, to be empowered, to be equipped to do what God has called them to do. And these are spiritually deep stuff. If the pastor, if you are giving, if you are giving information to people that they can really get somewhere else, general truth, then the church is useless. Because if we, if we are trying to start a ministry or run a ministry that will give people information that they can easily get from magazines, from Google, from internet, from ungodly people, many unsafe people, then we're just wasting time. Because many of the things that some pastors dedicate themselves to teach their church members is what people can find, can find books on Amazon to learn from. And those books are written by many ungodly people. And many of the things that many of such believers are looking for are the things that unbelievers have in abundance, material possessions, money. I will run finance sessions in church, but not on a Sunday service or in meetings where people should be spiritually edified. Right? Those will be workshops, not workshops separate from where people ought to be 
spiritually edified and built up. Not that I don't talk about money, not that I don't talk about financing, developing yourself and things like that, but in the right context, helping people to see the reason why they know to develop themselves to do the work of the ministry. Amen? So if you are listening to me or watching me, and what you go to church for are general truths, data, information, how you can be rich, how you can make money, how you can do stuff. You are not going to church for the right reason. If you are going to church to go and learn how to date, date a guy or date a lady, you are wasting your precious time and life. Because there's no marriage in heaven. Not that I will not teach our singles on how to build relationships with people. Okay, we have to do, uh, I'm going to do that. But the sole purpose for going to church is not to go and acquire general truths. If general truths are what we want to go for, I mean, truths and facts that helps us to live our everyday life, you know, in the secular world. If that's what we're going to church to get, then there's no need for the Holy Ghost in our life. Don't forget what Jesus said. He said the Holy Spirit will take of what is is and make it known to you. Make it known to us. Spiritual insight and revelation. Why he came, why he died. You know, what the significance of his death, the significance of his, of his, of his resurrection, the significance of his ascension, the significance of the anointing, the Holy Ghost upon you in you. These are the things that the Holy Spirit has been sent to help you understand, to know. The significance of redemption, the significance of your union with Christ, the significance of understanding your identity in Christ. These are, these, are, these are truths that you cannot find in magazines or on media, on social media, on, on places. You got to be in a local church or being in a part of a Christian group where you, are being, where you fellowship together in the spirit of truth. And these things, as you are being taught the word of God, you find them there. Can, have, you, have you realized that a lot of people can, can, cough, can, can, um, uh, can create money topics from the Bible? And if you read some stories there, you, you find things, you know, I've, I've, I've seen people talk about a lot of things about money from the Bible. And I'm asking, how does this help these people to stand their ground against the lies and deception of the enemy about their identity? Amen. Amen. Am I making any sense at all? General truth. So there's so many general truths out there that many people are going to church to get. The church, I'm saying, should not neglect their responsibility to help people get some common sense about some things about life. Right. However, when it comes to the place of fee of helping people grow spiritually, right, general truth will not help them. Health knowledge will not help them. Amen. So we're talking about the spirit of truth. So the spirit of truth reveals the truth of God to believers, not the truth of the principles of life. The, print, the truth of the principle of sowing and reaping. And when I say sowing and reaping, my wife knows me, I will have to clarify this. One well, truth about sowing and reaping is this. If you don't plant crop in the soil, you will not reap an harvest. See, that nonsense that many people are spreading around that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped a hundredfold in the same year. The question number one, what did Isaac sow in the land? Did they sow money? Do you know how money works? So many people take money, go give to the man of God on, under the guise of some kind of funny things, and they're expecting a hundredfold that same year. The question is, is how many of you are received? And that thing is, how many of you have received a hundredfold? I'm getting excited, so I'm kind of rushing a little bit. So when you're going to give, say, a thousand pounds to the man of God, you're expecting hundred thousand pounds by the end of the year. How many of you have received hundred thousand pounds? 
I'll, I'll talk on money from biblical perspective in future, not from the perspective of you having your Cadillac, your Lexus, and you know, I'll talk about those ones in future. I get that. So I'm trying to help us a little bit here so that I can really get this message into your heart about general truth, principles of life. There are principles of life you can learn outside. There are principles of life that the pastor can, on, on separate meetings, you know, have workshops. But if a church is built on principles of life, the, the, the members are disadvantaged because they will not be empowered to stand their ground against principalities, powers of darkness, rule, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places that are going out there to ruin and destroy lives. Somebody says one of the most silly things I've ever had in my life. He said, Titan is a, is a, is, is a currency of heaven. Is it something about spiritual? Titan is is a currency to assess the spiritual economy of heaven. And I'm looking at intelligent people sitting down there and nodding their head. And that tells me that the word of God cannot be understood by the mind, by the natural mind. You need the Holy Ghost. You know, you see people, executives, you see, you know, sound intelligent people listening to garbage and nodding their head. <laughs> Let me not go there because it's in my cost in my course chaos, so let me not go there. I don't want to write today because we are just we are trying to move into a new facility and um, this is not for time for me to start putting out fires. Because I want to I want to hit one of the most demonic doctrine I've ever seen in the history of mankind. Watch out for that. Right, so he said the, he said the one who we're talking about the spirit of truth, the one who reviews. And when we're talking about review, there we're talking about, we're not talking about speaking to your mind. We're talking about helping you to make it real in your heart. Helping you to make it real in your heart. So let's, let me take it further. Now, uh, I feel like talking about the fact that you, you cannot bear them now. So when Jesus, Jesus was speaking to his disciples here and saying, no, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. What, why, what, what do you think he was saying to them? Why do you think he said they cannot bear them now? Now, listen to this. He didn't say they cannot bear them. Lord Jesus, where are we going on this? He didn't say they cannot bear them because I've had pastors say things like, and I used to be part of one of the churches back then when I was growing up. I've had pastors say things like, you know, there's some things that you cannot understand. There's some things that are not meant for you. There's some things that are meant for spiritual people like us. There's some things, there's some revelations. But Paul said to the church, he said, I have not withheld anything from you. I have taught you everything. So when somebody called a man of God or woman of God is not sharing some insight with you, all in the name of they are superior and they are superior to you in spiritual things, it is nonsense. It is what absolute nonsense. Because the word of God is there for you to understand for your profiting. So there should be no such things that as a spiritual revelation that a common person may not understand. A common Christian is for people who have a deep, 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 deep. I was thinking where this is coming from. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And if you believe in that nonsense, you have been deceived. You have been, they are stealing from you. I was attending a meeting one day and this man was talking about the scripture he uses for protection and stuff in his family and for blessings. And he was saying to the church, and he opened his mouth wide and said to the church, he said, I will not tell you. I will, I will not tell you those scriptures, but they're there, but I won't I will, I will, I will show them to you. You know, it's, it's passing out to me. I'm like, are you joking? You know, then I was like, ha, ah, like, can you just give us the secret to these things? 
in the Bible. We are begging a man of God to show us the secret to the blessings of God in the Bible. And he's saying he's not going to show us. Many men of God are blessed that I didn't know, I didn't know that much when I hear all those, all those nonsense. You are supposed to teach the people the word of God so that, so for their profiting. Amen. So Jesus did not say, you cannot bear them. He said, you cannot bear them now. So this is good news for you. There are certain truths you may not be able to understand now, but that does not mean that you cannot understand them. I repeat, there are certain truths you may not be able to comprehend, you may not be able to understand because your mind is still in the way. You are still processing them. But that does not mean you cannot understand them. And no one should ever defraud you by telling you you cannot understand some things. It's a lie. If it's not there for you to understand, God will not put it out. Does it make sense? So why could those guys not be it now at that point in time? Because they were not born again. Now, they have the Holy Ghost walking with them, walking in them to so very much extent, but they had not received deep down in their spirit the Spirit of God who reveals things. Jesus was promising that the Holy Ghost is going to send the Holy Ghost to them. So they have not received the new birth, the life of God to receive the spiritual revelation of God. Guys, you know, there's something I was saying to God yesterday. I said, God, you're going to help me. I, I, I don't want to take you for granted. Because I'll not lie to you, the way I receive insight about the Word of God is amazing. I mean, I just see it. I just, I mean, I just see it. <laughs> I, might, I might be doing something completely different, and somebody will make a statement, and my eyes just open, I just see it. And like, look, I want you to help me to be very conscious of the fact that the Holy Ghost is the one who reveals those things to me. So I don't become proud. I just feel, you know, uh, kind of stuck. I just see it. Because I have the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I'm born again. I have the life of God in me. I don't know all things. I don't think I even know up to 20% of things in the Bible. I don't think I even know up to 10%. Even 5%. I don't think so. Right. But I, I can see much, clear, much clearly now than I was 10 years ago. And God wants me to know. God wants me to see. God wants me to understand. Likewise, you. So, while, while your mind is still trying to, you know, it's just going, going through some rough patches, struggling, and stuff like that, I want you to understand that you can know the truth about God because Jesus has sent the spirit of truth to you. And the more you educate your mind in the things of God and kill the lies of the enemy, the better you'll be able to accept and receive the revelation that the Holy Ghost has given to you. The Holy Spirit is ever speaking to us. But we're in different levels in our journey with God to comprehend what he's saying to us. Some of us will hear certain things nearly 100 times before we get it. In our heart, not in our mind. Amen. So please, I also want you, don't, if I come up with a new topic, maybe I'm trying to repeat a topic that I've taught before. Don't ever say, I've had that before. So I don't need to hear that again. That is pride. Because Peter said, he said he wants to commit himself to continually remind the church of the things that they know. And I was going through the book of James recently, and some things I was seeing in there, I was like, wait, 
You know, I saw it so fresh. So the, the enemy is constantly lying to you. And you need to constantly remind yourself of the truth. Now, I'm give giving you one more one practical ex, ex, um, example. Then we shut down. From, we shut down. Do you remember there are many times you wake up in the morning and you cannot even remember the things, what you said you were going to do that morning, except you go until you go to your list? Do you know that many things, do you know that right now you cannot remember everything you need to do or everything you plan to do? You need to go back to your book, your journal to remind yourself of things. Because there are many things that are vying for your attention, wants to distract you. So for you to think you don't need to continually listen, continually hear is to be proud and you'll be deceived and the enemy will creep into your space. So we have to continue to hear and hear and hear and hear, read and read and read, hear and hear and hear and hear. Because the enemy is not stopping at deceiving, he's not, he's not stopping to, de- to, to deceive us. It will not stop. And likewise, we should never stop listening to the truth and to be reminded. I will told you that uh, you, <laughs> with the things you hear and the things you can quote, the things you can teach, who told you you really understand it? Because if we really understand the thing, we will leave it out. But many of us can quote things, but we cannot really leave it out. Because when I say leave it out, I mean we cannot practice it. And the reason we cannot practice is because it has not become real to us. So we should not carry that mindset of how that message. Oh, what a good message. What did the message say? What did you take out of it? How are you applying to your life? What is the insight the Holy Ghost has given to you on the basis of that revelation, on the basis of that message you had? Amen. I'm having fun here, but gotta shut down. So, the reason why the disciples could not bear it at that point in time is because they were not born again. They have not received the life of God on the inside of them. The Holy Ghost has not been sent. The promised gift of the Holy Spirit has not been sent to them. Amen. And I was trying to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit will guide us in all truth. And I would like to explore what that guiding means, but we're out of time now. So next week, I really spend my time to talk about guide. So get ready. Next week, uh, we should be in a much better place in terms of setup because it's our first time today in this facility. Um, I'll really, really, really break, I mean, I'll expand on that guide into next week so that we can know how the Holy Spirit guides us. And we can look out for those signs when it's guiding us. And it makes you look like a superstar such that the enemy cannot box you into a corner because the Holy Ghost is telling stuff. You know, some things are coming. There's a new development in my family. And I was praying last night, and the Holy Spirit said, be careful, be careful, be careful. And I was like, what? I thought, no, he said, be careful. Don't do this, don't do this. I was like, Holy Spirit, you just make me look good. <laughs> anyway, you make me look good. You know, it's, it's, people just think I know what I'm doing. Like, this guy is super. He's the Holy Ghost. It's very difficult to deceive me. If I play along with some people, not in seeing things, it's because I just wanted to test them or kind of stuff and uh, I've assessed the damage like, you know what, well, this is not going to really hurt me. I get me. So I'm not, I'm not a superstar. But the more I work with the Holy Ghost, because I know He's the Spirit of Truth I am, and I am always open to hear and to practice the truth. So it's difficult to deceive me. <laughs> you don't want to forget that. If you're always open to the truth, if you want to live the, a life of truth, it will be difficult for the enemy to deceive you. But if you want to be crafty, if you want to be cunning and shady, you will always be romancing the devil because you are playing with his tactics and antics. 
and it's going to use them against you. Amen. Well, I guess nice connecting with you guys this morning, and I would like to dismiss you. Have a blessed week. God bless you. Bye.